0: If you've listened before, the way I think about it, a lot has to do with just, like, fantasy football projections, not just uh, real-life good, which are two different things.
1: Damn, son, where'd you find this? Fly,
0: route.
1: What's poppin', y'all? Welcome to Episode 78 of the Fly Route Podcast. I am your host, Anthony, a.k.a. Tony Playboy, a.k.a. Big Body Fournette, a.k.a. The K.O. Kid I am here with the guys. Y'all got any AKAs for yourself today?
2: Uh, I'm just AKA Keith. Uh, AKA got th- thrashed in my Madden League for the Super Bowl with the Broncos. James let me down. Eagles took the chip. That's it.
0: Sam G, AKA, it is too hot outside. AKA, I was also going to try to think of a Leonard Fournette one, but uh, I liked yours, so I'm just going to let you have it.
1: all right we are talking running backs and tight ends this episode giving you our top 15 of each but before we get into it are there any disclaimers you guys want to warn the listeners about that didn't make the list for who we on again running backs or anything that you just want to make sure you get out in front of before they hear what you all got going on
2: Hey, um, ain't nothing I did. This is a mix of all all three of us. Like this ain't no hey. This is my list. This is a, <laughs> it's a it's a list.
0: Um, for me, I would say this isn't me ranking who was best last year. You can go look that up yourself. You don't need us to tell you who the top twenty four were for last year. Who the top fifteen were for last year. So mine's projected. Um, and If you've listened before, the way I think about it, a lot has to do with just like fantasy football projections, not just uh, real life good, which are two different things. So, yeah, those are, I think, my main two kind of caveats going into my rankings.
2: Real life good and just, that's fair. Those things are very different.
1: Those things are very different. All right, let's start off. With the tight ends, we're going to be doing get a little backwards this time, starting from the bottom up. So we are going to start with some honorable mentions. And we got a couple interesting honorable mentions here. The first one that was honorable is Pat Move. Was anybody surprised to see him in, like, our 16 spot? I was not shocked because who his quarterback was. Like, he had a, a
2: broken down bend in the way. I do think he's talented. Like, I've seen him play the Ravens every time they play. I think he's talented. And then okay. uh, it was it was just – I think it is shocking, though, because Pitt has been getting dogged in ratings, whether it's matting ratings or, like, where people think, like, they've been getting snubbed. And I, I – could he be there? Yeah. Could he not? Yeah. But he I think him and the dude out of Chicago are two tight ends that, when their situations get correct, like, rolling com- completely, they'll be good.
0: Okay. Yeah, I had him at 15 just to to round out my top 15. Uh, and I like him, but I, I think going off what Keith was saying, it, it'll it be interesting to see post-Roethlisberger how he uh, just progresses within the offense because they had a nice little connection even though Ben wasn't great last year. It seemed like he was getting a, a decent target share, and and I'm pretty sure he got hurt towards the end of the year, so have to see how he bounces back from
1: that but I'm I don't think it was anything serious. Some other honorable mentions that we had going on Austin Hooper at 18 and Gerald Everett at 17. Like those guys seem like, you know, honorable vets, like you know they know what they're doing but maybe a little bit past their prime.
2: I I think Austin Hooper is he might be past his prime. I think he's gonna fit in Tennessee's system really well. I think Gerald Everett, I don't know if it's a lack of like really like trying or what it is. I feel like he could be so like I don't I'm not gonna say it's a lack of trying. I just maybe not the good scheme fits or something, you know? Cause he I feel like he, skill-wise stuff, like, he could compete like really well, honestly, if I had to say. Like Seattle, I think he had a good year last year, but he also rushed, He lost Russ. So like everybody's numbers went from probably going pretty high to all uh, right going down the tube a little bit.
0: He's going to the Chargers, right? Yeah,
2: he's on the Chargers now.
0: Does that affect how y'all project him moving forward? Like, do you think he and uh Justin Herbert could establish like a, a good thing?
2: I would I don't know because I feel like all Herbert's big target receivers are like possession receivers and he's essentially that at a tight end. And I don't I feel like they'll be fine. Like I feel like they'll get a connection really. but I mean Austin Eckler catches the ball out the backfield too. So right. like it ain't it ain't that much ball to go
1: around. Yeah, and Keaton Allen is maybe the, mo- the one of the most ultimate p- possession receivers and he really likes Mike Williams down the field. Loves him. Like, <laughs> so like yeah, he's in a situation where I'm sure like he'll get some balls, but he'll probably have another like 500 600 yard season, you know, like something in that area and nothing like super crazy from him. Uh let's get to the official list starting at 15. We have Noah Fant of the Denver Broncos. Man, all right, Noah Fant is Noah Fant's really good. He did I right, last season picked up about 670 yards, had four touchdowns. Like I like Noah Fant, he gets a little bit of a boost. Well, actually, he loses a bit of a boost because he's now in Seattle, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, but he's not going to have
1: a quarterback. Mm. So that's a little tough. He he rounded off 15 spot. Does anybody have any feelings on Fant?
2: I don't know. I mean, I feel like he was in a good situation. He could have stayed with Russ for sure. Russ would have used him. Uh, I don't don't know because – they got a lot of questions. They could probably go try to snag Jimmy G if he gets released or they try to trade for him. I mean, it, it's in the same division, but, I mean, conference, but maybe, like, Niners, if you can offer them something good or like, whatever, better than just cutting them. So, I don't know. It just I think his is going to depend on his quarterback. Like, same way we talked about, like, DK booming more. It's, it's quarterback-reliant. And they're in a run s- system with Pete Carroll. I think that's the downfall.
1: All right. All right. So speak of the devil at 14, we got a young Chicago bear, Cole Komet. Like I was actually ex- happy to see Cole Komet get his respect from everybody else on the list as well. Like even though he has not scored a touchdown last year, I just feel like his connection with Justin Fields is pretty good. And he's going to be going into another year with fields. And at this point, it's going to just be him and Mooney as the one and two with the most experience and kind of, you know, rapport with Justin going into a year that I hope he takes a big jump. I like, I like Komet at 14.
0: He's yeah. one that I feel like I haven't watched or paid attention to very much, but through doing research for the rankings, was like, okay, this guy, this guy's pretty solid. Um, Yeah, the one thing that I did notice it kind of had me rank him a little bit lower. Like you said, was the touchdowns thing. But if you say that him and fields have just like a, a good strong connection early, I think that the red zone targets with that will
1: probably come to. All right. All right. Well, we keep going at 13 at 13. We got Tyler Higby. This is kind of one of those, like he's going to produce, but is he producing because of the system or is he Producing because, like, he has that much type of talent. I feel like, unfortunately, we just think about that when it comes to guys in those Shanahan-style offenses, whether it's the Rams, whether it's the 49ers, now possibly the Dolphins. It's like, yeah, is it you or is it the scheme?
2: I think he's kind of like... He's in that weird mix of like where we said with uh, Austin Hooper, you know, maybe he'll have like flashes, but he's not the primary target in that system. You got Cam Akers come back healthy. Odell, if they snag Odell again, Allen Robinson is going to be a big part in that system. Uh, the young tight end behind him, that's faster that I think is just like trying to figure out the playbook is behind him. I don't think he's bad. He's definitely consistent. Like they use, they utilize him, but it's just like he'd probably be one of those dudes to get like four receptions there, a couple of receptions here. You know, he's not getting a lion's share of receptions.
0: Yeah, I'd say I was much higher going into last year on Tyler Higby than I am this year. Um, I had him at 13. I, that's where he ended up on our list, right? So, yeah, I still think he'll be good. But, but like you said, uh, Anthony, it's just like, the question of if he's actually good versus if the Rams are just good is one that makes me not want to move him up above some of the guys I have above him. I don't know what y'all think about that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh oh my bad. I think everybody above him is kind of like they're more athletic and they could probably do more essentially. And you've seen them do it at a level, so it's kind of also like, you know.
1: Facts, facts. I'm definitely with this. I like where we're at at number 12. So number 12 was unanimous, picked as the 12th best tight end by everybody on this list. And I'm if it wasn't for his yards total, I'd be like, that's a little low. And it might still be a little low, but it's Hunter Henry. We all put him at 12, right? So he's our 12th pick, Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry tied the league for most touchdowns by a tight end, most receiving touchdowns by a tight end. It was nine. Travis Kelsey had nine. Mark Andrews had nine. Dawson Knox had nine. And Hunter Henry had nine.
2: I feel like Dawson getting those those uh, like red zone ones when Allen's not running. Travis, you know, is taking it the distance. But Dawson, I've seen Dawson catch some long ones, but I'm pretty sure his is utilizing the red zone because Diggs is probably getting doubled. But I think Hunter... I think it's he I think he's always had the talent. He's kind of like a, when he was younger, people were like, oh, like kind of how TJ Hawkinson is now. But uh, what's his face? Uh, he was just injured. So I think that was the bad thing. Like he was always banged up in and out. You he Hunter Henry was special, but it's just like, all right, well, is he going to stay consistently out there? And I think that's the real major question on him, I would say.
1: All I, right. I feel like he's benefited from the Patriots system a good amount we will go to number 11 and number 11 Dawson Knox. I feel like Hunter Henry should have been over Dawson Knox, even though I also rated Dawson Knox 11 and just in retrospect, because Dawson Knox switched teams, didn't he? No, no, Knox is still on the bills.
0: He's still on the bills. And that's why I would have him above Hunter Henry. Not not because he's a more skilled player necessarily, but
1: like, switch teams. My bad,
0: got Josh Allen, and I like Matt Jones, but but one of them has Josh Allen, so that mm-hmm. that gives him the slight edge for me.
1: Oh, okay, okay, yeah, that's my bad. I was thinking CJ Uzama, who just left Burrow. What's um, Yeah, uh, but yeah, Dustin Nas was out of 11. I didn't mind that one. Let's uh, let's talk about this one at 10, is Zach Ertz, and at nine. We have TJ Hawkinson. They are only two points apart. They are only two points apart. If you got a fantasy draft, you know what I'm about to do here. Fantasy draft, TJ Hawkinson, Zach Ertz, two best tight ends left on the board. Who are you picking? I'm taking TJ Hawkinson, I think. Yeah, I'm taking TJ. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> Even really? though Zach Ertz had more yards, TJ Hawkinson, I think, just... In a couple other areas, I just like a bit more. And also, I just don't know how Zach Ertz's target share is impacted by uh, Marquise Brown and just Rondell Moore and then when Hopkins comes back. So I just feel like Hawkinson is more – it's more like, no, Hawkinson, I'm on Ross St. Brown, and then Jamison Williams when he comes back uh, uh, healthy. And then Swift, like that's it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Not. So, and they're going with the hot
2: hand. They're not like, hey, I'm feeding this one dude. Like, they're I think Swift's getting the majority of the carries, and then they're going like hot hand from Swift off of like the run action.
1: Man, yeah, I right. can I be honest, yo, I, I feel sorry. like TJ Hawkinson is overrated. He is, which is I have him. I think lower. <laughs>
0: that is, he yes. is. He's overrated, I think. Generally, I don't think I'm overrating him. I have him at eight. I think a lot of people are like six.
1: Yo, I had him at thirteen, my guy.
2: And where'd I have him? I think I had him at like top ten at least. You had him at six, actually, exactly
1: at six. You I had did? him at six. You had him at six. <laughs> Why? Well, I, I, I had him at thirteen. Sam had him at eight, and I'm just like, man. Do you I think get he's it, like, overrated or just on the
0: lions? On the lions,
1: Jerry. Gall. I, I look. Even here. He, okay. Here's how I feel about this. Even when he had Matthew Stafford, who was a good quarterback, could get you a lot of yards. Wasn't like Matthew injured? Kenny Galladay, his first year when he got there, hmm?
2: As a rookie when he came. Wasn't Matthew injured?
1: Yeah, but he had a still had a full season in Matthew Stafford. I know that for a fact. He probably had one and a half seasons of Matthew Stafford. Okay, okay. And Matthew, and I think that's that season he had. Matthew Stafford was the season he went to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, right? yeah. And he still only put up seven hundred and twenty-three yards. <clears throat> yes, that's what I'm talking. He still he put up 723 yards. T.J. Hawkinson is overrated. Like you can see it every time you see him on the field. It's like flashes of the athleticism, the route running. He could go up and get the ball, and it looks like eye test. You're like, God damn! Look like, at that boy. Yeah, and then you look at the stat sheet at the end of games. You look at the stat sheet at the end of seasons, and you're like, Hold on! Like, what are we talking? He about? ain't really out there like that.
2: I I I just think I'm high on him because I think what I, I think he can do and you know maybe he's a, that dude that doesn't stay a lion for long and maybe he like returns his career like kind of how like Hunter Henry's having a, a better time with the Patriots but one because he's healthy you know what I mean so yeah, I feel I mean, like we can see something like that
1: look I feel you I feel you I, I the TJ Hawkinson thing has just been on my mind after his rookie year
0: no, I'm like. and I'm with you even more now. Just after looking around a little bit more, he is overrated, uh, but he is still, I think, a top ten tight end in in football oh. in the NFL. Oh, aye, aye, yeah, he, aye, played, aye.
2: he played his his first year. He played seven games, or he started seven games. That second year, he played all sixteen games, seven hundred yards. 67 receptions, six touchdowns. Following year, 61 uh receptions, only 583 yards. I'm gonna assume that's because of golf and not having
1: Stafford. He, also he also, only played 12 games.
2: Yeah, and he could be one of those dudes that after the catch, maybe he's not getting loose like that. You know
1: what I mean? Look, I'm just saying you got him at six, Sam had him in eight, and I'm just like, ugh. Like word. I mean,
0: I'm he had it. he had, had economy. Almost-
1: he top
0: had almost as many yards, if not more, than Dawson Knox and Hunter Henry in 12 games. So He's top 10 for me, I definitely. I'm taking the mm-hmm. top 10.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Let's keep moving. At eight, we have Mike Jacecki. I like Mike Jacecki at eight. I think I had him at nine. No, I had him at eight exactly. Both you and Sam had him at nine. So, like, he's really hovering in that spot that we wanted him at. Mike Chiseki runs routes like a receiver, catches the ball like one. But, I mean, he's franchise tagged as a tight end. That's crazy. Yeah, like, yo, and, and that money like is different. I not to do that. Like, they're like, no, and, I don't want to do that. That money is different. He's franchise tagged as a tight end. Like, I, I think Mike Chiseki's numbers are going to be interesting because of the incoming Target competition in Tyree Kill. And those and like, of course, Chase Edmonds, who can catch out the backfield. It's I I Mike Josecki's kind of a guy that if you're asking me fantasy advice for, I'd probably be like, eh, I'd be, be super,
2: wary I'd be so confused on fantasy where to tell you to take Mike. Yeah. I'd be talent-wise,
1: just fantasy. I'd be like, ah, yeah, you're you're gambling. Don't ask me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that that that, that one is interesting. I actually like where we are at for seven and six. Three point difference between the two. We got Dallas Goddard, right? Now he's running the show tight end wise in Philadelphia versus Dalton Schultz of the Cowboys. Little NFC least head to head at our at our seven and six point. Who are y'all taking?
2: I mean, one's definitely getting the ball more this year. I think uh, Schultz between uh, uh Michael Gow come back from NG and Mario Cooper's gone, like he's definitely getting the lion's share of the ball probably with Dallas between C.D. Lamb and him. Uh, I think I think I rated Goddard above him, but I just By one don't spot. Yeah, it, I think it's give or take, but I think Goddard's numbers might be a little bit worse this year because he's gonna have an arsenal like A.J. Brown comes over. Uh, the defense drafted pretty well. Like it's gonna be, I feel like they're gonna be like run centric, you know. And but he has a connection with um uh, with uh what's his face? I can't okay. think of name. No, no, I'm talking about uh, Eagles. Was oh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, he has a connection with Jalen Hurts. So I think Goddard could still put up some numbers, but uh, I don't know how crazy they would be because I think he only went for like 800 this year, seven to eight hundred. So you're gonna pair uh Hurts with the receiver that is. Physical after the catch, like Hurts can dump it to AJ Brown and then he can get lost.
1: Okay, well, I think Dalton Schultz is underrated. Like, I, I went into this list about like, just catching the ball, not blocking, right? Is that not blocking? No, yeah, not okay. blocking. Because okay. let's be Ooh, honest, most tight ends at this Ooh. point they are receivers.
2: That's fair. I'm glad you clarified that because hey, that yeah. man,
1: not not blocking. Like, when a tight end is good at blocking, it's kind of now people are talking about, like, oh, he's a really good blocker, right? Or he's a really good blocker. We never talk about him because all he does is block. Like, uh, Packers were rotating tie-in and old vet. Oh, man, his name is escaping me. Mercedes Lewis, he plays fullback. Yes, Mercedes Lewis, yes. And, like, he, Mercedes Lewis is always in on, like, extra protection, rarely is catching the ball, but, like, really, really, uh, really technically proficient at blocking, right? But we'll never talk about Mercedes Lewis, like, ever again at this point, right? And that's just how the game goes. So tight ends are glorified receivers. Dalton Schultz having eight touchdowns and 800 yards on the season very quietly, was something I did not expect when kind of delving into all of the stats for receivers. Also with Amari gone and the replacement being James Washington, I expect him, like, he's going to hoop. He, he's, he's really going to get out there with it. I was quite surprised. I did not give him enough credit for the player that he developed into.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And he's one of those where it's just like, maybe not real life better, but- but he had double the touchdowns, so I'm putting him one spot above.
2: <laughs> Maybe not real life better, but he had double the touchdowns. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Maybe not real right. life better, but, you know, he had double the touchdowns. So I, I got to say that.
1: All right. We are in our top five, our top five, where things are starting to get a little juicy. Our number five is kind of crazy because he's coming off his rookie year, but it's Cal Pitts, right? Cal Pitts. I had Keith had him at five. I had him at four, and Sam had him at five.
2: He's he's a freak, man. You gotta think. I used to talk about it with Nick when uh, Cover Four, when uh, we were doing it. Just like they didn't use him early on, like whether they didn't know how to use him, what they were doing. Like he was going like what was the first three games not touching the ball, and then just erupts, and he erupted and still got a thousand. So you got to figure. Granted, it was all him because there's no Calvin Ridley. There's no, I mean, Russell Gage is on the other side, but they're just doing whatever in it. Like next year, I mean, still no Calvin Ridley this year, but I mean, he's still gonna, I think between him and Drake London and uh, the Desmond Ritter might be pr- kind of interesting to see. So I still like him to go get a thousand this year because that's different. As a rookie, that's, that's crazy. He's fast. He's next level fast too. At that big of a guy too.
0: Yeah. And uh- he, he, he's not the greatest blocker, but I saw one thing that George Kittle said about him, which is that he at least puts in effort to block on every single guy. and on top of that is basically an offense all by himself. Now he has, like, some more guys coming on to take some of that away, but do y'all think that that will really impact his target share that much? Do you think Drake London will end up being the number one target or you think it's still Kyle?
2: No, nah, it's definitely Kyle. because you can, the, the, the crazy thing is with Kyle, like you can do it with Travis Kelsey and you can do it with Darren Waller. You can go tell them boys to go get in the slot. Like, uh, yo, go yeah. get the slot. And I'm, I'm saying they can be real efficient. Not saying Mark Andrews and George Kittle can't go play in the slot, but like those dudes are all loose enough and fast enough to like destroy someone in the slot. Because normally in the slot, you might have the safety go play you or if they're in dime, you got the – the shiftier corner, but smaller guy, those dudes abuse those guys.
1: Vibes, vibes. All right, this is the very interesting thing to me because for all of us, four and five were between two players. Their scores ended up having a one-point difference. And now number four, just one point ahead of Kyle Pitts is Darren Waller. All right. Darren Waller, Kyle Pitts, whose season are you taking next year?
2: Uh, Kyle Pitts off the season, but, I mean, talent-wise, I'd go to Darren Waller, but I don't think that Darren Waller is getting the ball with Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro and Demarcus Robinson and Josh Jacobs in the back. I think that's a lot of ball with a terrible offensive line to try to figure out what to do with it.
1: All right, real life versus fantasy hits us once again. That one is so tough.
0: Uh, (laughs) Oh, God. Like, like I think Kyle Pitts will have better numbers. And, like, that's kind of how I've been going off of it. Like, but I want to put Darren Waller above because he's just done it for a little longer and Mm -hmm. will be on a really good team, I think. So I like value that. Like, not just empty production, but like, I think he'll have good numbers on a good team. Okay. So I think I think I'll take that. Like if that's the scenario where Kyle Pitts has better numbers but the Falcons are terrible and, and Darren Waller does really good numbers but oh or but Vegas is good, I think I would take that season. But that's just like if everything happens that way, but I do, I would not be surprised at all and I do think Kyle Pitts would probably have like more catches, more yards, more touchdowns that type of thing.
1: Okay, okay, vibes. I'm feeling it. Let's see our top three tight ends. And three is probably a surprise to nobody. It was also the only other unanimous across the board person at a ranking for us. And it's, of course, George Kittle with the 49ers. I mean, best blocking tight end in football and still had 900 yards and six touchdowns in 14 games. Yeah. Him. Himy neutra. Like absolutely, absolutely. Oh, that man's different, bro. Like
2: <laughs> he's a dude. Like, you watch his tape. And I'm I've seen him on like the, the coldest balls thing with uh Kevin Hart or the I am athlete thing when he, he did that. And him as a dude, like just not knowing him, like just in the interviews when he talks, like he talks and you get to see how he is. He's a big uh Harry Potter fan. He is a Harry Potter type. Ta- like he's like a big like nerd. Like he doesn't let like it seems like the NFL influence of how guys are like, it does not rub off. Like he's just George Kittle. It's kind of hilarious, but like blocking wise, he's crazy after the catch. He's wild. I feel like if he could have stayed healthy, like he would be really different. I think uh, a lot of times when I play Madden, like it's funny. I always try to trade for him regardless. Like if I'm not using the Ravens and have Mark Andrews, I'm trying to trade for him. I think he's, he's definitely different. You get him on your team. blessed to have
1: him. Okay. Vibes. Yo, let's talk about the top two. The top two are obvious. They are one point differentiated between the two of them. And at two, we have Mark Andrews with the Ravens. And at one, we have Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey was not unanimous because I put Mark Andrews above. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Why'd you put Mark Andrews above? I think Mark Andrews cooked his season last year. Like, it's crazy. Mark Andrews had more yards. He had more receptions. He had a better average per target. He had the same amount of touchdowns and dropped only three passes on more targets. Travis Kelsey, I'm pretty sure, led the league in drops for a tight end at 10. He did? Travis Kelsey dropped 10 passes last year. Mark Andrews had more targets and dropped three.
2: Hey, I ain't gonna lie to you. Early on, though, Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown used to drive me crazy. It was that year where Lamar won the MVP. Them motherfuckers was dropping so many damn balls. Like, I was like, bro, what are y'all doing? Like, and they were dropping it. They weren't dropping. It was just hitting the ground. Like, it was like tip balls, like in the air, going. Like, the dude's taking it the other way. I'm like, bro, come on now. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think Marky Mark got loose last year. And that's with having quarterbacks in and out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, Definitely special. Back half
1: of the season, five games with Brett Huntley. Five Tyler. games with Brett Huntley. Huntley. Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley. He, Sorry. He didn't get it correct, boy. He's a Florida Tyler boy. Tyler Huntley. There's yeah. no bum. All right. You right. No he, he is not a bum. That's my Tyler bad. Bum. Give him his respect. He was actually balling out there. I'm pretty sure he beat the Bears. So uh, He's not
2: Lamar, though. He's definitely not Lamar. But he is definitely somebody you have. He's respectable. Like, I wouldn't be shocked Like if we, I think he's back with us, but if some team was like, yo, we want him, you know?
1: Yeah. Like, honestly, the fact that Travis Kelsey had Mahomes the whole time. So I like that. I know that Travis Kelsey is going to get a big bump because, like, you know, Tyreek is gone. But it, I just can't get – I just can't – I can't take Travis over Mark because Hollywood is also gone. And that was the second biggest target for Lamar. And they didn't really replace Hollywood. You, hey, you know
2: the crazy shit about this? i would be like, I'm not wrong. I tell Ravens fans, like, you can't teach speed, bro. And that man, regardless of him dropping the ball, was ridiculously fast. Like, dudes can have better hands than him. And then last year, he took a big leap, like, in his overall game. He still dropped the ball, but his whole overall game got better. That's not something you can easily replace. Like, unless they're about to go get Will Fuller, who, you know, if iffy he if he's going to be on the field, but, like, could be that, it's, it's going to be a lot more boxing Mark Andrews in.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is an, this is the other thing for me. The Chiefs, while these guys, even collectively, are not Tyreek Hill, they added two more mouths to feed after losing Tyreek Hill. And I want to say this was it: MVS and Juju, Juju MVS, and they
2: draft this guy more. And okay, so three,
1: boy. so yeah, three, yeah. yeah. So like, I feel like the Chiefs reloaded more in a fashion that the Ravens didn't, which means that, like, that passing game is going to be Mark Andrews and Mark Andrews and maybe Rashad Bateman, if you think he takes the jump. I don't, so bro, that's both. why I had Mark Andrews as one. Y'all who had Travis Kelsey, go ahead, do your thing. I just think Mahomes is going to be, even
0: though there's, like, more mouths to feed, I think he's just going to be throwing the ball so much more that it maybe doesn't matter less for target share purposes, like H- Hollywood Brown leaving obviously means that Mark Andrews is even more of Lamar Jackson's number one target. But Tyree Kill leaving not only means that Patrick Mahomes is, is still more reliant on Travis Kelsey, but it also means that even if they're bringing in more receivers, it probably only means he's just going to throw the ball more. Because they, their running game is still up in the air unless uh, Clyde edwards Lair becomes good all of a sudden or uh, Ronald Jones, like, becomes that guy. But I still Yo, think – I like Rojo. I still think Pat Mahomes is going to be throwing the ball, like, upwards of 60 times a game. So No, I don't think they're throwing the ball that much. 50 times Honestly, a game, 40, uh, times,
2: think, 40
0: to 50 times think, a game. Uh,
2: I think they're going to try to run it. With Rojo and Clyde Edwards Hilaire, even though both of them got fumbling issues. So that is gonna be insane to see. Like that's what got Rojo thrown in the doghouse is fumbling. That's why playoff Lenny got as much shared alliance share. And Clyde Edwards Hilaire, he'll definitely put the ball on the ground. So they they would thrive if they had like a just a dominant running back. Like they would thrive. I mean, maybe it's still young though. Clyde Edwards is young. Rojo's kinda young. They can all like turn around and take a leap.
1: You think Kareem Hunt would come back?
2: <laughs> <laughs> and that man was on some next next level trajectory if he if what happened didn't happen.
1: Uh, uh, okay. I'ma I stop. Um <laughs> speaking of Kareem Hunt to the running backs. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: rolling right
1: into that <laughs> okay okay uh, let's let's get it through uh the way i want to start the running backs is uh, honorable mentions of course but at like 20, 20 at 2021 20, and 19 basically these three guys they were all tied with the same amount of points and they're actually some pretty big names kareem hunt speaking of <laughs> <laughs> Saquon Barkley and DeAndre Swift were all tied at, and like at the border of our top twenty. So, those three guys, whose season are you banking on the most?
2: I think you have to bake on uh, Saquon. I mean, if he can stay healthy, I think the biggest thing with me with me and Saquon. I think I'd say he probably needs to lose some weight, like because he's in his thighs, not in like his shoulder Nothing. his thighs are so big, bro. I don't know if it's like too much for him and they just overuse them. Like I hate when people like they run a player into the dirt and then in like two years, three years, you're like, why isn't that player the same? Like that is exactly what you see with Chris McCaffrey. Like you saw with Chris McCaffrey, you've seen it with Cam Newton. You see it with so many dudes. Like you can't, some dudes you can do that. There's dudes like you get that Derrick Henry, Adrian Peterson, uh, the Mike Evans type guys, like you can, you can, they'll be able to handle that. But there's some dudes you cannot, like, if they even show you that they can't do that, stop trying to force feed them like that. So I would say Saquon be your best bet. And if Kareem gets out from under uh, Nick uh, Nick Chubb, then he could probably take a bigger leap. They still use both of them, but he could take a way bigger leap. Like, say if the Bucks were like, you know what, Lenny's bullshitting, let's go get Hunt. Hmm. Oh. That's the system. They throw the ball, they run it, he can catch, and he runs really well.
0: I can see that. Okay. For me, I'm taking DeAndre Swift. He I had him highest on my projected rankings going into the year. And I just think the Lions are super high on him and going to give him like the Lions share, no pun intended, of the to- of the the share in their offense. And I I just like from just like what limited kind of, you know, I wasn't camped out in front of my TV watching Lions games last year. But from the limited uh, sort of times I did get to watch him, I like what I saw both in the run and the pass game. So I think there's potential in both of those areas for him to have a big impact on probably a pretty mid-Lions team. Not even mid, pretty bad. Pretty
1: mid. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty
0: mid, pretty mid line, Steve. <laughs> all right,
1: all right. Uh the next the next couple of honorable mentions that we have, we have Josh Jacobs and Damian Harris are kind of the two that I want to talk about. Because Damian Harris, I feel like, is really good, but like you play for the Patriots, so no one can trust anything about you.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's my main thing. I like Ramondre Stevenson might just be the running back for the Patriots next year. James White could just end up being the
1: <laughs> Patriots running back again. Um, they'll just do whatever. Yeah, but he also had 15 rushing touchdowns last season. And like, like that was crazy. Hard. That was crazy. Like, yeah, he had like kind of over 900. And. <laughs> Look, I was look. I had him at fourteen personally, but that was just because I saw his touchdown total, and I was like, "That's ridiculous." He had like fifteen touchdowns, over nine hundred yards, like crazy, crazy numbers, crazy numbers. So I was like, "I," he's a guy that I think if we could predict or feel like the Patriots were more consistent in their. Personnel choices, especially a running back, he would have, uh, he should have a much higher ADP, but you just never know. That shit's a black box. We should get right into the top 15, starting at our number 15. We actually have Elijah Mitchell from the San Francisco 49ers. And again, whenever it comes to the 49ers, that sp- run, running backs, wide receivers, skill position guys, is it them or is it the system? Because we've seen Jarek McKinnon get off in this system. We've seen who else? They've had a litany of guys. I'm pretty Brady sure. Is, but, but he's, are, he's Yeah, he's
2: pretty good if he's healthy. I don't think he's like, he's like that rare breed where his speed is so elite. Stretch Jeff runs. Wilson.
1: Jeff Wilson has been good for 49ers. Yeah, like, I feel like if you're, Here's what I will say about Elijah Mitchell. If he is the starting running back for the 49ers, he is basically guaranteed to put up numbers, right? Like that, that I, that I can think uh, I could, I could map on. He had 963 yards last year, had five rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown. I'm pretty sure he missed the game here and there. So like definitely, High four, high four, high four, if he can stay healthy. 14, we got big body Fournette for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. So, like, oddly kind of shocked because I think Sam had Leonard Fournette ranked at 10, at 10. Uh-huh. I had him at 18. Yeah, I had him at 18, and Keith had him at 17. Which He, he ends up in our top 15 because Sam had him at 10. You got to talk to us, boy. So, yeah, you got it. obviously,
0: these rankings took place uh, before we found out his weight <laughs> <laughs> Uh But I just think, like, I guess this is one of those fantasy versus real-life ones. Leonard Fournette last year for fantasy was, like, top five whole year. Um, kind of had, a, like, a resurgent year, and especially in the playoffs, um, looked like he could potentially be – getting back to old form, and they lost Ronald Jones. So I just think, like, even though they're mad at his weight coming in, what, are you going to give the rookie the starting running back job with Tom Brady? So I would guess they're just going to let Leonard Fournette play himself into shape through training camp and everything and then probably let him play some preseason games and that he'll still be getting a big target share. I don't really think that anyone should – be worried that he's 260. Like, he's huge. Um, I feel like you can get it from 260 to 245 pretty quick as an athlete, and then no one will care. So, yeah. I'm, I'm,
1: yeah, yeah. It'll he said fine. 15 pounds. He said 15 pounds in the next month and a half. Yeah, it'll be good. Look, I will say that Leonard Fournette is... Really, really productive in Tampa Bay. Like I was a little shocked when he kind of got tossed to the side from the Jaguars, but because they beat the, the shit way- out of him. That same shit I be talking about. They did that to him when they had a. Yeah, good- but he <laughs> actually still had he had it in the tank though. Because as soon as he got to Tampa Bay, he showed that. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like he was washed yet, and like you could see him being washed because they ran him into the ground. They let go of him, and he was still quite good. He, as he, soon the, as he got,
2: the year they let go of him, he went for 15 games. He got 1,100 yards, and he had uh, three touchdowns.
1: 1,100 yards the year they let go. He was not bad. Granted, James Robinson looked amazing, right? As soon yeah. as they let go of him, James Robinson had a breakout season, was crazy, but then he gets hurt. And then they draft Travis Etienne because they hired – Fucking uh, Urban Meyer, which they obviously should not have done. So like they doubled back, doubled up in running back positions when they had a guy after Fournette that was cheap. But whatever. He also had like almost thirteen hundred all-purpose yards last season, and like ten all per like ten com- total touchdowns. His numbers are crazy. I think it is the Rojo being gone thing is definitely a big plus. Uh at thirteen we got David Montgomery. Man, I'm I'm just happy to see a bear on one of these lists. Well, we got one on both of these lists, so that's good. But David Montgomery, we have him at 13. And actually, this is a good one here. David Montgomery's at 13, and at 12 we have Zeke. They are only separated by one point in our ranking. David with 39, Zeke with 38. Who y'all taking? Uh, David Montgomery
2: has that young dude behind him that's been on his ass, it seems like. And then so does Zeke with Tony Pollard. So I don't... I, Zeke put up 1,000 yards with a line that wasn't as good and people were saying Zeke was super washed. I mean, I think Zeke does, bend, he does need to have a better offensive line because he's at that age. But he came last year in shape. I mean, if he's in shape this year, he probably gets another 1,000 again. So it's just... I don't know. I honestly, that's a toss-up. I feel like go either one. I feel like maybe you can go David because he's younger, but David's offense line is hot garbage. Zeke's is like it's all right. It's not even bad if everybody's healthy. It's real good, but well, it's not real good. They all land and Collins. Everybody else is older. It's okay, but that Chicago line is not not even okay. These I can line these two water balls up, and Zeke can run behind them. Look, look, hey
0: right, Sam. I'm going zeke he got a thousand yards while hurt the whole season I feel like if he has a slightly healthier season he can be an better now that said, I think Zeke will be not a productive player in like the next two to three years because they've just used him a ton year after year but I still think he has it in the tank' it's like going into this year i'm I would take Zeke
1: over David Montgomery I think. Okay. This is interesting because like Zeke has been getting a lot of flack for the last couple of years. But like I'm just not convinced. Like Derek Henry was going crazy, right? At before he got hurt last year. We can all agree on that. Had like nine hundred and thirty yards plus. It took people weeks to catch up. He was averaging four point three yards per carry. Zeke averaged four point two on the year. Like I think it, it, you're just splitting hairs, which one are you gonna take? Oh, I'm taking I'm taking I'm taking Zeke, period. I'm just like, at this point I think Zeke is overhated. I think it's just cause they it's the Cowboys and everybody
2: thinks that's America's team. I don't know who the fuck deemed them America's team, but I think it's just the hype of like where they were at at one point and they just never have gotten back there in such a shit division. It's like when you're deemed America's team, I don't know who the hell deemed you that. But you somehow got that, and you're supposed to be up here all the time, and you're just barely, barely, barely getting to the door. It's like, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? And I feel like he catches the line share of that because people are like, oh, well, Zeke's not running the ball as well as he used to. No shit. That offensive line isn't as good, and you guys put all the shit on the Dak being really good. So you kind of need Dak to put up or shut up.
1: Oh, okay. All right. I'm feeling that. We are at 11. So uh, our 11 – And I was a little surprised that he was this high, not for any talent reasons, mostly just because of like, you know, just workload Javante Williams with the Denver Broncos total score of 34. I mean, me and Sam had him at 12. You had him at 10. So he's hovering. I'm a little concerned with Melvin Gordon. Like I had him at 12 and Melvin Gordon at 16. I'm the only person that ranked Melvin Gordon. Right. Uh, (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: but hey. like look hey. they have they have Russ so they might pass they should be passing the ball more in my opinion and like he has to split those carries and they were splitting them damn near 50% last the year Both got one for 900 yards yeah they, like their, their numbers were very similar right uh, Melvin had like 15 more yards had twice the touchdowns uh, have twice the receiving, re, twice the rushing touchdowns and one less receiving touchdown.
2: But you so. gotta think, he's a vet to a Rook. So I feel like that's big on the rookie. I feel like Melvin, he almost shouldn't even let it be a competition. Like
1: Melvin should have just. No, like they split their carries. They split the carries, yeah. They split. Like they each rushed 203 times, like down the middle. That's Not right. like kind of half and half, like exactly half and half. And Rush could get you like. 300
0: yards on the ground this year. Here's what I think is someone who had him on my team in fantasy. It felt like Williams got the ball a lot more at the end of the year. So, so someone would have to check that obviously, but maybe Melvin Gordon got the ball way more at the beginning because they wanted to give the ball, you know, the vet, give the ball to the vet at first and work the rookie in. So even though their share was split pretty evenly,
1: when they got the ball, could have been different. Okay. I, I like that. I mean, Javante Williams is huge. Like, he breaks tackles, like oh, yards after contact. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, him and Khalil Herbert, also a young guy in Chicago, you were talking about. But, like, yeah. the way that they bounce off contact and just keep going is kind of ridiculous. We got our top 10 now. And at 10, which is – Maybe it, I think this is controversial no matter where you where, like you think it's too high, too low. But at 10, we put Christian McCaffrey. Right. Sam had him ranked at four. I had him ranked at 10. Exactly. And you had him ranked at 18. He i, I ranked so him. Talk to us. bro. I ranked
2: him, Saquon and somebody else. They're all three of them are right there. It's like a gang of them that are injured and I don't know what to do with them. J.K. Yeah, Dobbins. Dude. Yeah, there's three of them. Like, cause I I don't know what J.K. would do healthy yet. I don't know what Saquon would do if healthy, and I damn sure don't know. What, I know I've seen what CMC looks like. I, all three of those dudes easily could be a top ten running back this year, with with surefire ease if they stay healthy. I think CMC he just needs Carolina not to run him in the dirt. If he's healthy this year and can play like they, he needs to talk to them and be like, "Yo, you cannot." If I'm catching passes, I can't. You gotta go let uh Herbert, uh Chuba Herbert, the r- the rookie they had last Hubbard. year. Yeah, you gotta let him run the ball more. Like if they're gonna have him catch, and they don't need to have CMC catching passes, unless it's easier for him. If it's easier for him to have him catching passes, then Hubbard is running the ball. Uh but other than that, I mean, I think the talent, his talent is ridiculous. Like you've seen it. His talent, like he's in a rare group with I would say Alvin Kamara and uh, Dalvin Cook. Maybe even Austin Eckler, but I'm not that big on Austin Eckler to be honest.
1: Ooh, all I, right, all right. I
2: don't think he's a bum, but I just don't. I'm not. I'm just not that big on Austin Eckler. I'm not sold on him.
1: I am, but we we will get there. Yeah, but yeah, uh, that's my Christian McCaffrey take, I guess. Sam CMC at four. Wall, your vibes. Look, so I'm pretty five, sure, like, Madden had him up there, too. Yeah, anyway. they they, they rabid-ass mind. The fuck is wrong with these people, bro? The fuck?
0: The bitch? For me, man. it's not even that much, like, of a hypothetical. Like, for, for Saquon, it is still, like, a hypothetical. Like, if Saquon plays the whole year, I couldn't tell you I know that he's going to be a top-10 running back. But if CMC plays the whole year, or even close, I can tell you I know he will be a top-10 running back because we've seen it.
2: He's going to be top 10 and not play next year
0: for sure. For sure. For sure. <laughs> but, like, but, like, if he's healthy for this season, he's for sure top 10. like, I don't really know what to do with that exactly when I'm ranking because I'm like, I don't think he's going to play the whole season. Probably not. But when he does, he's the best. He's, like, at least, like, from a production standpoint, like one, two, or three in terms of running back. And so I don't want to put him there just off hypothetical, but I don't want to take him out of my top five and him play the whole season and then end up being number one, you know? So I'm like, this is, I feel like my last year of holding on to like the CMC, oh. like <laughs> I'm keeping him top five, regardless of if he was hurt last year or not. If he misses the majority or like even close to the majority of this year. I think I'm not doing this anymore next year and I'm just over it. But I think this is my one last, like
1: maybe he'll play and it'll be cool. Sam has been hurt before, but he's willing (laughs) to try one more time. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, I had him in I'm in the middle of y'all. And I feel like that's actually exactly why. Right. You ain't seeing him often, but when you see him, you know he's there. That's kind of why I couldn't move him any higher, but no lower. Hopefully C-Mac balls out. And if we get to see Baker Mayfield with C-Mac, that's going to be crazy. I, I actually, like, I think that would elevate Baker's play significantly, having a weapon like that, that the route tree for him is actually very short. He just makes the rest of it happen for you. So we will go to our number nine. and. Our uh, number nine is Najee Harris, coming off the rookie season where he was really just the dog and engine of this Pittsburgh Steeler team that ends up making it to the playoffs again, finally. So Keith had him exactly at nine. I had him at six, and Sam had him at eleven. He's I'm, he uh, is, he is, and I don't think people understand how his profile looks like Dalvin cook, but his numbers actually look more Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara. Yeah. That's the, I think he is extremely underrated for this reason, especially for anybody that plays in PPR formats. Like he profiles as like a Dalvin cook bruiser, run them down, but he also had, he also had, I want to get this right for you. He caught 74 balls for 467. You see your face, Keith? Yeah, I told you his he his profile looks Dalvin Cook, but his numbers look Kamara slash Austin Eckler. He's catching no, that, a ton of balls. That's terrible,
2: though. His yards for catch is probably like two. Uh yeah,
1: but he caught a lot of them. <laughs> PPR numbers the yards per catch. I, I mean, I can do the math for you real quick, but it's like oh, PPR numbers. Like, that's half fact. a point per reception, my I wa- guy. I watched a lot of games
2: against the Steelers where they were just dumping it off to him, but there's no line. Like, he couldn't get loose. Like, on oh, dude, screens. that's six
1: yards of reception. Really? 467 divided by 74. That's 6.3 yards per reception.
2: I don't know why that sounded way awful than, like, what it I
1: appears. Mean, Austin Eckler has 74 catches, which is only four less, but he had 647 yards, which is 9.2 per reception. So, like, I can see how some of the guys that I said he profiles next to in play are doing, like, a little bit more with the catches. But, like, the number of catches he gets, like, yo, dude, dude's doing some different shit. And that was surprising to me because I didn't know he caught the ball that much while also still putting up 1,200 yards.
2: Yeah, I think well, the shit that's my bad on calling it out. Like, but he did a lot of those running back screens. Like, either he was getting jammed up at the line, or he was just taking it for a minute. So, I mean, Steph, that's crazy to think that he got that much yards per carry on the.
1: Hey, I I like them a lot. I did not. I did not. His numbers stood out to me in a way that I did not expect from just like eye test watching him play at eight. All right, I like this one. Mm, no, I do not. Uh, but at eight, we got Aaron Jones. I feel like Aaron Jones at eight is pretty reasonable. I want to say Sam had him at nine. I had him exactly at eight and Keith had him at seven. So like we really have him back to back to back. Aaron Jones's season. Do we expect a crazy season from Aaron Jones or do we expect things to kind of be eaten up a lot by the competition he has with big boy down there? Uh, I can't remember his name. A.J. Dillon, there we go.
2: I think he's gonna get a lot of. No, I think him and A.J. Dillon both might have big ears.
0: Okay, Sam. I agree. I agree with that. I think I I expect him to finish top ten, like fan for fantasy running back purposes. And I, A.J. Dillon, I think could also finish maybe like top twenty five. Um, but I still expect Aaron Jones to just be like, kind of like the fallback consistent, comfortable option, especially after losing Devontae Adams. He's, like,
1: just a big part of their offense that I think they'll lean on. Do we see two backs in the backfield in in Green Bay this year?
2: Yeah, I mean, I can see them putting Dylan at fullback. He's big as fuck, so
1: yeah. Okay, vibes. Let's see. We got our seven, and our seven, Keith had ranked it four, right? and I had him in 9, Sam had him in 7. You got to talk to us about Joe Mixon and what you see for him this year. You got no. him as a top 5 running back. Me? Yeah, yeah. you have him you ranked him at 4 Dog. personally. He's our number 7.
2: That man was running behind no offensive line, bro. They went and got two dudes, they got a guard and then they got old boy from the Cowboys who I think is really good. Uh between all that, I mean, you can he's going to make a shake. And I feel like they're going to be more central. It's going to be more, instead of heavy pass, he's probably going to clip like 1,500 yards. Because last year, what did he clipped? 1,200. Yeah. So I can see him clipping 15 this year. And I don't think all three receivers are going to get 1,000 yards. Like, I don't think they're throwing the ball like that again this year. Like, because they went, uh, Jamar had what? 16. Uh, T was behind him with 13. Goddamn Tyler Boyd was 970 something. I don't think they're throwing the ball that much for that many dudes. So I think definitely you're gonna see a big, you're gonna see a big jump. You should see a big jump from him.
1: He had 16 total touchdowns last year. Like that's that was a little bit surprising for me. Also had a decent yards per carry. I like Joe Mixon. I feel like he's consistently kind of under the radar for his production. At out number six, real reasonable, Alvin Kamara. Right? Uh I hit him at seven, Sam at six, and Keys at five. So Sam hits the nail on the head. Your boy in Nola suspension still not announced or sure or positive. What's up with Alvin Kamara this year? I think that the only
0: reason I don't have him in my top three, maybe top four at the worst, is because of a looming suspension. We got we to gotta hear how many games this going to be. Is this about to be a two-game thing? If not, I think I'd move him way up from six. It's about to be a four-game thing, six-game thing. If not, I think I'd keep him – if it's around there, I think I'd keep him in, like, the five to six range. But I think Kamara is just set up to have another great year in New Orleans. Jameis coming back. More uh, competition as far as touches go with Alave and Mike Thomas coming back and uh, Jarvis, but – I still think AK just can be a huge staple in the run and pass game, and hopefully it's a shorter suspension. He can just get in and, and start building chemistry with all those guys quicker. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when he's able to play and if he's able to play, you know, the majority of this season, I think he'll be one of the best running backs in the league every time he's playing. Man looks crazy with the ball,
2: bro. He looks crazy with this balance is like ungodly. All
1: right, we are at our top five. Our five and our four are separated by one point. Nick Chubb and Austin Eckler. All right, now I'm uh, I'm specifying fantasy draft to, you know, just stay on the track of our fantasy versus real life <laughs> correlation. You got them up there. You gotta pick one. Who are you taking? You taking Eckler or you're taking Chubb? Chubb. Sam? I'm taking Austin Eckler. Me too. Me too. Me too, man. There's nobody anywhere near the talent of Kareem Hunt yipping at Austin Eckler's like heels. For kids. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I just, I just, I just don't see it. But also I think Austin Eckler is an underrated rusher. Like he did not get a lot of carries early on in his career, but last year he like finally eclipsed, like I want to say like 180 for the first time ever. And he gave, he like had 911 yards, 4.4 yards per carry and 12 rushing touchdowns, 12 of them he also put up another eight touchdowns receiving like that's 20 all-purpose touchdowns that's the same number as jonathan taylor red zone monster and of course you know
0: every time someone has crazy red zone conversion rate like that uh a lot of people and just like it's logical to want to say he's going to regress back to the mean and like can't keep up that same level of production. And while that's true, just, like, from a math standpoint and, like, a logic standpoint, there's also just some truth to, like, this dude scores the ball when they get close to the goal line and they go to him. And even if it's not at the
2: same rate,
1: I'm still – him, it's Herbert. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Herbert just taking it himself. Yeah, Yeah. I mean – there's those
2: dudes, like, you see it with Allen, you see it with Lamar, you saw it back in the day with Cam. I feel like at times you could see with Russ, like, they're just like, all right, bro, like, you're either going to catch this option or me and the running back are going to run in the same direction, and I'm just going to dump it to <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, that shit is mad annoying for defenses, I have to imagine. All right, at three, we got Dalvin Cook, and, you know, it's interesting – I think Dalvin Cook is really good. It's like he's a little injury-prone. That's a big question. But he had almost 1,200 yards on 4.7 yards a carry. Look, Keith has been on the – think his game is going to expand with uh, Kevin O'Connell being the new head coach. That's something you've been talking about a lot, about him catching the ball. I mean, Duke caught like 34 passes last year.
2: I think he's one of the best running backs in the league. Easy. Easy, how, how versatile he is. He's a bigger guy. Uh, health is a concern with him. You know, he is one of those that can be in and out. But I, he's special. I remember watching him at Florida State. Like, uh, now the, the team is not going to be so run-focused with just him running the ball. It's going to be more versatile. So now you might see him out in the backfield catching those plays. He's still going to be running the ball. It's just not going to be just run, 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 run. And maybe, I wouldn't be shocked if you see a Kirk Cousins jump, to be honest, where Like, I'm not saying Kurt's going to go into the MVP, but
1: like. Dalvin Cook is interesting to me because he is so much of Minnesota's offense and his numbers so far have been very much in that offense where they ran first. They ran often. That's just like defensive coaches love to do that, right? Run the ball a ton, give our defense time give us good field position, et cetera, et cetera. And Kevin O'Connell, whatever philosophy he chooses to bring, it's almost guaranteed to be more pass-friendly than what Mike Zimmer had going on there. And I'm not sure if that's going to not hurt the way that, like, you know, when you see Dalvin Cook on the field and what he can do and who he is, but maybe at the end of the year you look down, you see his numbers, and you're like, oh, that's not really what I expected from Cook. Yeah, because
0: that'd probably be you know better for the overall success of the team, you know. Like you don't want to be putting it all on him, and maybe he's not getting twenty-two carries a game, but he is getting, you know, fifteen and and doing well on those fifteen within the flow of the offense.
1: And some targets like fifteen and a couple a couple passes. Yeah, I could definitely see that. All right, so at this point, we are at our final two, and they are 100% unanimous. We all had Derrick Henry as the number one running back in the league. We all had Jonathan Taylor as the number two running back in the league. It, just a straight, straight shot. Derrick Henry is obviously him. The fact that he almost had 1,000 yards last season, like, he still put up a 1,000 all-purpose yards last season and missed, like, half the season. Like, it's absolutely nuts. they had 15 rushing touchdowns. Like J- Jonathan Taylor was the only person with more rushing touchdowns than him. Like uh, maybe James Conner, actually. James oh, Conner had a on I mean, so everybody always talks about how like you after that 2,000 yard season, these kind of fall off, right? were a lot of running backs and we did see Derrick Henry finally get hurt but like it didn't look like he was breaking down like freak accident within your foot
2: yeah if Tannehill could have got them to that next round in the playoffs I definitely think you would have saw Henry like not full Henry like Derrick Henry like you know but you definitely saw a better outing than what you saw that first game back because I had said like I don't even think he should come back for the game but, you know,
1: mm. so, OK, I was going to ask, do you think it would have been better to bring him back one week earlier or do you think it would have been better to not bring him back at all?
2: I think one week later, like I would have expect them. It, you got to think if Ryan Tannehill doesn't throw them interceptions, Henry didn't get a touchdown during that. He had what, like 15 attempts for less than 40.
1: Okay. He he didn't do, I'll check. I'll double check, but I don't think he did good in that. uh, It wasn't, he didn't have a great game, but like it was his first game back, which is why I was like, do you think you should have brought him back a week earlier to kind of get readjusted instead of on the week of the playoffs? Cause they also had the bye, right? So if they brought him back week 17, they would have byed after that and had functionally two weeks and then he would have played again. Now, granted, you might not should have brought him back at all because he just wasn't healthy and all the way ready and whatnot. But that was lost, something that stuck out to me.
2: They lost nineteen to sixteen, bro. And Derrick Henry had twenty attempts for sixty-two yards. So actually, he had more yards, but on twenty attempts, three point one an average. Uh, Foreman had four t- four carries for sixty-six. So he obviously broke one loose, insane. But I mean, if that's the case. You probably could have rocked with Foreman. Out the gate, you know what I mean? Okay. But Henry did get a touchdown that game, so I like. I don't know. They could have made it if Ryan Tannehill doesn't throw the zone chips. <laughs> like, that's at. Like, at the end of the day, that's what we're at. We're we're there because my man can't throw the ball at, uh, good enough.
1: Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, you ain't lying. You ain't lying. Look, that wraps up our positional rankings for this season. We are going to start getting into our divisional predictions coming into the future weeks. We are going to break down the divisions, talk about the teams with the most to lose, the best at their advantages, and get those in before the beginning of the regular season so we can really hit stride on week one with you all and get into in-game, in-week analysis. So that's it for episode 78. I appreciate everybody that was listening. Make sure that you can hit us up at the fly route pod on all social media platforms. We will take like suggestions. So you got like fantasy football questions. You got like any of that type of shit, send them to the fly pod at gmail.com. We'll take them, answer them and let y'all know what we're thinking and hit y'all up with more content next week.
2: And we're going to do the fantasy draft for the uh, podcast, too. So that's coming up. We're going to have that. I'll send it out. And we'll get speaking some fans. Out. We'll get some fans involved. See us on it. You know, you beat us. Maybe we'll do something for like charity or something. If we can get something organized. But we'll definitely have a draft this year for fantasy. And we'll have some new people coming around, too. New faces. Old Facts.
1: old face and a new face. Facts. Because T.O. is on here a bunch. Yo, uh, speaking of the fantasy thing, are you familiar with Vampire Leagues? I think that's
2: where you get to play. Like you have a defense and you get the pick the defensive players. I normally just use these.
1: No, no vampire league is like a special, uh, basically rules for a league where one team is the vampire and they do not get to draft. And everybody else gets the draft. The vampire gets to pick the waiver wire at the, at the end of the draft. And then they get waiver wire priority one for the rest of the season. And if they play you and they beat you, they get to steal a player from your team. But they do not get to draft. They have to build their entire team through the waiver wire. They get priority and you can lose a player on your team if you lose to the vampire, because you probably shouldn't lose to the guy that did not draft anybody. That sounds crazy. Yo, I I think it's interesting. I'm kind of interested in the concept. I don't know if we'll do it for our league right uh, here. But if we did, I would volunteer to be the vampire. I'm like super interested to see how wow, it that goes. sounds crazy. Yeah, I am super interested to see how it goes. I have a friend, shout out Eric who did it last year and he was trying to strategize with me, but he did it too late. And I was like, Oh man, you're bad at this. Cause he beat somebody and took CMC. And I'm like, you're an idiot. You're an absolute idiot. CMC is never going to play. You got to take a healthy guy. That's like high production in a, in a slot, you know? But something to think about vampire league would be cool and maybe something we should think about doing um we will catch you all next week any other housekeeping things that you want to let people know
2: um yeah kyler just got paid so lamar uh, is about to get the bag i'm a geek. yo <laughs> i am peaked. you nut, saw t- <laughs> nothing inside than 290 I am Nothing hey, shy. The two, it has to be two. Maybe you can go two eighty five, but nothing shy. Two eighty five, two ninety. Shit, crack three hundred. I'm him to crack three hundred.
1: Yeah, if you saw that, Kyler made sure to make his contract just a bit bigger than Deshaun's. Like Deshaun's was forty six a year, Kyler was forty six point one.
2: Like, and Kyler's like it, bro, Kyler went 160 guaranteed or something like that, boy, I need man. the whole contract guarantee, you just saw what you just, <laughs> hey hey Lamar <laughs> and his mom better make sure that whole contract guarantee, ain't no
1: way, boy mm, they but, fried yeah, but that, that shit was big, that shit was big I right, y'all, we'll hit you up soon the, 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 the fly route pop, the fly route pop the fly route pop, the fly route pop